The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph Podcast. I am Mike Stevens of Sports Illustrated and the Hockey News, and sitting across from me virtually is the one and the only future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm good. I am finishing up work. I'm going to the Canada soccer game, which by the time this podcast is done, will already be also done. So, yes, that is what I am doing, but I have dinner first because eating is important. What you, yeah, eating is food, – food's pretty important, I'd say. Eating's pretty important. Um this is I, this is our like our return to weekly, right? We're doing uh, we're doing weekly podcasts from here on, and then once the I guess once the season starts, then we're we're heading back up to uh, to normal schedule. But yeah, so we'll do like what we weekly until like either probably like towards the end of training camp, so like yeah. probably till October, and then we'll go into twice weekly and um i am back in school so Mm -hmm. lol i Ah. will have time for nothing i actually taught my first class today sucker and we were discussing um yeah just as a sidebar um we were discussing like it's a first year class and it's like reliable sources of information like why work cited is important and apa referencing and all of that like fun stuff so you don't get caught plagiarizing Mm -hmm. and in a deadpan this actual individual said that his most reliable source of information was joe rogan and i was like Ah. okay just to like i had to like stop the class and be like okay just to get this out there if i see any of those people cited in your work other than to refer to them as people spreading misinformation it is an automatic zero oh he's 100 percent. this kid is 100 percent gonna cite joe rogan like can you imagine and it's an, but i told him up front i'm like it's an automatic zero yeah that's hilarious <laughs> it's like wikipedia it's like it's like teachers back when we were in in you know middle school and high school saying you know you're not allowed to use wikipedia as a citation is it joe Man, rogan's wikipedia y- yeah yeah, like any of that. And so, yeah, I'm I'm teaching two classes. I have my own class I got to take, plus obviously like writing my thesis. So like So woo! the cool thing and about And I still work at the bank. So so the cool thing about that is I uh I'm never going to have to have a first day of school again. So suck it. Um it's uh it feels pretty good to not ever like this is not my first th- last year I th- was my first year of never having to, yeah. to to do school again or not being in school but boy it feels good like the the day it's funny how little actual like emphasis are put on the days and, and stuff in September when you don't have school as a countdown like the days are just blending together it's very sort of like monotone work is pretty work is steady but still pretty like whatever and yet at this time, normally, like I would be freaking out about course selection. I'd be freaking out about, you know, like moving certain stuff into my place. I'd be freaking out about class schedules, about this, about that, everything. Nope. 
Nope. Oh, see, I'm not even freaked out. Like, I'm pretty zen. But it was so funny because I'm like, oh, it's like the last first day of school for me, more than likely. And then my dad was like, nope, you have four more because you're going to do a PhD. And I was like, what? Yeah, you're, ne- <laughs> you're never going to end. Like, you're never going to stop. You're the kind of person. I was like, dad, if I'm going to school for four more years, it's for law school. But thank you. Rachel, you're the kind of person who will be in school forever. Like, you'll always no. be learning something. That's my well, prediction. Like, I don't, I'm not going to have like umpteen degrees, but like. I think I I'm actually figuring out, like, do I extend my master's by one semester exactly. so that I can get a bilingual so I can get it in German and English? Like, probably, because then that, like, makes it a whole lot easier to get hired by a hockey team in Europe. There you go. Right? Yep. And then I don't have to work in the NHL anymore. Because believe it or not, there is uh, less problems working in hockey in Europe because it is not the number one sport there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Um, all right. Speaking of worldwide things. What? COVID? Um, no. The <laughs> NHL is going to the Olympics. They're going. Thank God. Look, I'm all about, like, I, I, the Olympics are such a fascinating thing. Like, there's such a fascinating arena of, of athletic achievement. It's great. I love watching, watching everyone compete. Um, and for amateur athletics especially, too, like, it, it's fantastic. At the same time. Uh, it's so much better when the NHL is there. Like, it is just so much more interesting. The storylines are so much more competitive, uh, compelling. Now, the NHL going to the Olympics, though, does mean uh, that next season is going to be fucking bonkers. As opposed to, what, the last two seasons? Well, yes, but I mean, <laughs> what, but I mean, like, training, it's a short offseason. We've already, we're already in the middle yeah. of a short offseason. Tra- like, development camps are starting in, like, a week or so. Training camps are, are ramping up. They have Training an all- camp starts in two weeks. They have two an weeks. all-star break and an Olympic break built into the schedule. I don't understand why you have an all-star game in an Olympic year. Like traditionally, that doesn't happen. It's stupid. It's probably money. It's probably sponsorship related. Yeah. Also, let's just say, like, I don't even care what anyone says to me. I know I'm going to get DMs for saying this. The all-star game is fucking dumb. Yeah, you're not going to get DMs for that. Everyone, I think, I think everyone's come around on the fact that the all-star game sucks. Like, I think, like. I, th- I think it's not like the MLB where like the home run derby is actually sick. You know why the MLB all-star game is good is because baseball is a game. Uh, baseball, a lot of a lot of it is standing around and the MLB has found a way to make the standing around segments of the game. Interesting. They mic everyone up like there's actual interesting people that are that that are baseball players. You get you, like there's cool storylines. You get to actually like be taken behind the scenes and, and see everything. And then the home run derby is a lot of fun just because you're watching some one mash and and it gets really like dingers they they try (laughs) hockey they it's a team sport right but in baseball like a lot of like when the the thing that spurs play is a one-on-one showdown it's a pitcher right, versus a batter. There's a huge individual component to exactly. it. Exactly. Hockey think, doesn't have that. And, and an yeah, all-star game. We don't game, need we're a bu- the friggin' all-star yeah. game where you can't hit or do anything. But I'm honestly, like, I'm thrilled the NHL's going yeah, to the Olympics. Because, God. like, last year, so I actually remember this vividly because of where I was. So in 2018, yeah. the NHL wasn't at the Olympics. And the night of the gold medal game, the Germans were playing the Russians. And it was Patrick Eliash's Jersey retirement night. And it was the first time my mom came to visit me in New Jersey after I had moved there. And I was hammered <laughs> watching this game with Marty Brodeur. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> I was like, what is my life right now? 
Like, <laughs> what is going on? And of course, I'm cheering for the Germans because obviously. And the Canadians aren't in it, and so I'm like, well, I'm not cheering for the Russians because that's sacrilege, and also I'm German, so whatever. But I just remember, like, the last Olympic hockey game I watched, I was, like, literally just chilling with Marty Brodeur and I have a picture from that night. Like, it was crazy. We were in the um, one of the really, like, upscale bars in downtown Newark. It's, like, the only upscale bar, actually. Um... And yeah, I was sick, but I'm, I remember watching it and, and we were talking about it and we were just kind of talking about the fact that like, look at the difference between NHL and not NHL. Oh, it's, it's so massive. <laughs> and what's funny is like, it wasn't even the Russians they were playing. It was like the Federation of Russian athletes or something. Yes, because they're banned from the Olympics, even though, even though they're they not still. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're going to ban them from the Olympics, then actually ban them. Yeah, they had like little cut, like little glory holes in their uh, in, in their training facilities to pass vials through of, of like untainted yeah. blood. It's, like, it's how about ridiculous. just say no, no Russian athletes can compete. Done. Yeah, like you like you fucked it all up because you're everyone. scared of Putin. It's like really not incredibly yeah, it's ridiculous. hard to see. But like, yeah. All right. Anyways. OK. So, NHL vaccine and covid policies. This is something I'm very interested to talk about. And I know that everyone like because because a like we have a bunch of anti-vax bullshit that's happening in, in all corners of the earth right now. But specifically <laughs> uh, in, in we've seen in Toronto. So I'd love to talk about these uh, because we're very close to getting it's right. We're very close to getting the entire league vaccinated or most of it. Right. Like it, I think the league is I want to say I spoke to someone 85 percent. No, I want to say it's above 90 now. I oh, think they great. like someone with actual knowledge. I believe it's above 90 now. I do know that the NHL is the lowest vaccinated out of the four major sports, which is not some, not super confusing. No, isn't it the MLB? No, it's it's hockey. I, I th- maybe oh. maybe it's surpassed it at the time because at the time I remember the it was 85%, but <laughs> you, I, Okay, so I saw that you're a big football guy, right? Big football guy. So <laughs> I saw this the other day and I was like, oh my God, this is so funny because it's like so big that even I know about Mm -hmm. it and I don't really follow football other than to gamble. So they were talking about like getting vaccinated and the ramifications in the NFL if you're unvaccinated and you cause an outbreak and all the things you have to pay for. And people were like, "Um, what about a player's right to choose? Like, do you think all the Patriots are getting vaccinated? And then one guy pipes in and goes, Bill Belichick coaches that team and he cuts guys for breathing in the wrong direction. They're 100% vaccinated. No, like, like Cam Newton Newton basically got cut for not being vaccinated. For not being vaccinated. Bill Belichick does not care about you like they won't they won't come out and say that they that they cut him for not being vaccinated but like Mm, it's but what's funny is urban meyer the new coach of the he's a legendary college football coach and now he's the coach of the jacksonville jaguars he came out and said vax like we factored in vaccination status in our final cuts because you have to get down to the 53 man roster uh it was by last tuesday i believe and he was like yeah like we we've factored that in and Anyone like in anyone who's anyone who's saying no to this, like anyone who's 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 saying, oh, like this is a, you know, an affront on civil civil liberties. No, because you don't have the right to play professional football. You absolute moron. Now, here now, here's the thing about that, too, is so Kirk Cousins. Did you hear? Oh, yes. You heard about his his philosophy. I have because he's because it's all about players other than Cole Beasley, who is just like staunchly anti-vax, which is ridiculous. Um but like no, he's just stupid. He's just stupid, and he's staunchly anti-vax. Yeah. But like, 
All the players, it, they have a shorthand for it now. It's that they're doing research. Is that they're, is that they're, it's, it's. I'm sorry, you play in the NFL. There is no research that you're doing. It's, he, they're, they're like, are you, anytime a reporter asks you, are you, are you, are you vaccinated? They'll go, yeah, well, you know, I'm doing research. They'll say either it's, per, it's personal or I'm doing research. And it's like, no, that's, no, that, that means not. you're not. Because if you were, then you just come out and say that you were. So if you're not, then you're not. But anyway, but players, the NHL, like this, I'm so pleasantly surprised by these. And impressed. And very impressed because these are in- extremely stringent on non-vax uh, players. Can we just get, like, let's I'm just going to give the rundown here yeah, of let's go. everything. Okay. So if you're not vaccinated and you get sick or you can't perform duties because you're not allowed in a country or whatever, you don't get paid. And for those of you who don't know, the NHL doesn't pay per game, which I think is a misconception. You get paid. There's 180 days in the NHL season and your salary is divided into 180 and that's what you get paid per day. So if you can't, let's say that your team has a Canadian road trip and it's six days long because there's practice days intertwined within right yeah if you are not allowed to come you don't just miss the three games of pay you miss six days of pay like it's not the same as suspension so for every day that you can't perform your duties which is to practice or play um even days off count actually Mm -hmm. um you go unpaid if you can't cross the border you go unpaid non-players who interact with players so this means coaches uh pr people family people uh hockey operations equipment managers ushers security guards all of that elevator people have to be vaccinated no exceptions so like rocky thompson who was the assistant coach in san jose has a and i know what it is and i'm not gonna like yeah say what it is publicly he has a legitimate medical exemption mm-hmm. to not get vaccinated he is not anti-vax yeah i yeah. met rocky i want to make he's not anti-vax i want to make sure that we we put that out. i was actually going to bring that up i wanted to make sure that we put that yeah. out there because they wouldn't have put in the statement that you know he has a medical ex- like a, a medical uh, uh condition and yeah so anyone who like and, and that's the thing my first thought when i saw that was oh man that sucks that, that rocky thompson's anti-vax and then you look a little bit more into it and you go oh no okay so I, yeah i'm very glad that you pointed that out rachel that he's no, not yeah it's he's just, very much actually like yeah. would take the vaccine if he could there are certain things that you actually can't take it for so like my friend's mom has cancer and her obviously when you have cancer your immune system is very weak because chemotherapy literally just like destroys your immune system that's the point of chemotherapy you, yeah <laughs> you can't get the vaccine if you're an active cancer patient which obviously puts you at higher risk because if you don't have an immune system for a virus that attacks the immune system you're sort of in trouble um, if you have like heart conditions, there are certain lung conditions. Yeah. Um, but if you have a legitimate medical exemption, like it's fine. But even the NHL was like, nope, you can't be around the players. So if you are, have any contact, I actually know someone in New Jersey who resigned from their job because they did not want to get the vaccine. Oh my God. Um, what a loser. A vac- yeah. Um, a vaccinated player, however, is not subject to losing pay if they get COVID because they got the vaccine. Uh, seven day quarantine before returning to training camp. And you have to get testing every 72 hours for the entire season. That it's just, if you're not vaccinated, I can't, you have to wear uh, 
Oh, if you're if you're not vaccinated, you have to wear masks at all times. You can't share gyms, saunas or vehicles with people who are vaccinated. You aren't allowed to leave the team hotel, practice facility or arena. And you're not allowed to go like anywhere else. You also when you're in the hotel, can't use hotel facilities. So you so you got to have a separate meal room. You can't eat with your buddies. You can't hang out with them. Like you can't go to the gym, the pool, like anything like that. When you're at home. So this isn't even on the road when you're at home can't go out to restaurants and and eat inside you can't see non-immediate family so just get it like this is you're you're essentially you you're fucked (laughs) like you can't live your life just get the fucking vaccine like how this is so what it is it's designed to be so annoying that you just go fine and you throw your hands up and you get it because yes like getting your getting so someone pointed this out to me recently, like as in, in the last 24 hours, um, the Lou Lamorello is famous for being like, these are the team policies. This is what we're doing. You're doing it. What are the odds that the Islanders are 100% vaccinated come training camp? I would hope, I would hope that probably pretty high, I right? Hope it's high for every team. In the league, to be no, honest. No, what I'm saying is, it's like, if Lou is telling you to shave your beard, and, like, let's say you're a cusp player, right? Let's say you're a fourth-line oh, guy. Oh, you gotta do like, it. Like, and you go, I'm not getting the vaccine, Lou will be like, okay, well, enjoy Bridgeport. What I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what I'm more worried about is, is, is the superstars throwing their weight around here. Like, it, like... Is is a superstar who, you know, I don't know, like is a big Jordan Peterson fan or a big, you know, like Joe Rogan fan or whatever. And they're like, oh, like something about the vaccine, whatever. And and then they're going to do, what are you going to do? Like, tell me I can't play. Like, you're going to cut me. You're going to yes. trade me. Like, and we're, we've all, we've all seen. G- so they actually have the, the team has an option to toll the contract. So but we've seen, if you want to opt out. All we've done is seen GMs pick hockey, like hockey skills over personal choices this summer right so i like i can definitely see you know I, like i don't want to i don't want to even make it hypothetical here just because i don't want anyone to associate a player with an unfair allegation so like let's say x superstar player goes in and says i'm not getting the vaccine are you going to toll my contract are you going to cut me you're going to trade me you can do whatever like that's just going to cause such a headache for the whole team so it's but like i really hope that players look at this and they go like i can't live my life i can't be a professional athlete in these conditions, holy shit, I'll just take this fucking vaccine. Yeah, and I th- that's, in speaking to players, um, that's kind of the feeling, is like it, the NHL has made it such a headache that it's like, even if I don't want to get the vaccine, like I'm, I have to because I want to play in the NHL. And it's like, yeah, that's sort of, the, like this is the one time I'll agree with the NHL in terms of fall in line. Yeah. You don't need to be different, Right. And there, I would, I would say a lot of people would be pleasantly surprised at the percentage of NHL superstars that are vaccinated Thank and God. that are pushing and that are pushing their teammates in that direction as well. Oh, if I was a captain, I'd be like, you're all getting fucking vaccinated. Well, like let's, I don't know what Nathan McKinnon's vaccination status is, but if he is telling his team because he wants to win so badly that they have to eat chickpea pasta, odds are he's going to be fucking pissed if one of them gets covid and gives it to the team so what do you want to bet that that conversation's been had well seriously like it is it it, there is the the thing we need to weaponize most in this and i think hasn't necessarily been done during this pandemic is shame like if you're the one and we did it with rudy gobert for like two weeks and then we forgot about it but like if you let's say we're on the we're in the pursuit of a stanley cup 
let's, I don't know, it's the Colorado Avalanche. Let's take Nathan McKinnon, for example, because he clearly loves to win more than anyone in the league. So, it would pursue the Stanley Cup. Nathan McKinnon, he's ready. He's there. Let's do this. And... I don't know. Some fucking fourth some liner. Some third line yeah. guy doesn't want to get vaccinated and then all of a sudden gives COVID to like Miko Rantanen. And then they have and they have a Vancouver Canucks scenario. And the, the good thing is that a lot of these other players are vaccinated, which means, you know, like the symptoms aren't going to be as bad. But, it's, but you still can't play. But you still can't play. If I'm Nathan McKinnon, I'm beating that guy's ass. I am. <laughs> yeah. I am beating his ass. Are you like you and your brain worms are going to prevent me from a cup? No, thank you. And I and I think that winning in the NHL, I think winning winning cures all. Like I think winning is over. Hopefully, over everything. So I really hope that a lot of these superstars, captains, leaders, guys in contract years, you know, guys like Joe Thornton's who may have one more year left, uh, who are going to be like, listen. If you fuck up my my if you fuck up my pursuit of a cup because you listened to the Joe Rogan experience and sa- and it told you and he was like yeah I don't know man I was doing DMT and I thought oh my like I don't, I shouldn't take this vaccine or ivermectin I'm, I'm gonna kick your ass and yeah. I think that's I think that's 100 percent like we got to stop treating these people with kid gloves now we got to be like fuck it like if you're not gonna get vaxxed you don't get to participate in oh, society and the other thing I don't know a hundred percent. Like, I can't remember 100%. I believe if you're not vaccinated, you're not allowed to play in the Olympics. Yeah. So they, it says here, like, so- players players can opt out of the, of the season, but they can't play anywhere else, which means you can't. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, yeah, let's say you want to you wanna play in the NHL unvaccinated. Okay. You're not allowed to play in the Olympics, though. Yeah. So get fucked. So see ya. So do, how bad do you want to play in the Olympics? We just fought. How, how bad do you want to play? We Like, we just spent, like, two years doing intense labor or... More than that, doing intense labor negotiations, do it, you know, like just pounding. This is our like this is the hill we're going to die on. We want to go back to the Olympics. And you're going to be like, yeah, because I don't want to have a needle that's going to make me feel sick for 24 hours and then protect me against the plague. But also, it's like not even just that. It's like we like daily we see NHL player playing through torn this NHL player playing with this NHL player like. Oh, I don't know what's in my body. I, excuse me, but the majority of you do cocaine, so I don't exactly think you need to be afraid of the vaccine. Thank you very well, much. Well, even like, even even like, the doctors will throw friggin' like painkillers at them, like turtle. like friggin' yeah, like turtle. They'll throw them at them like friggin' M and M's, and yet the vaccines where you draw the line. I guarantee, oh. like, I guarantee you this, uh, like, mo- the majority, okay, let's make, let's put this in, in a more succinct manner here. I guarantee you any player who's saying, I don't, like, I don't want to take the vaccine, like, I don't know, whatever. I guarantee you that player has eaten ass at one point in their life. And you're going to tell me <laughs> that you're going to, and you're going to tell me that you were cool with putting literal shit particles into your mouth, but you weren't going to, you weren't going to take the vaccine. Fuck you. Like, this is ridiculous. Take it. Anyways, good protected. job to the NHL yeah. for this vaccine policy, because it's much stronger than I think anybody was expecting. And I like to be, there are so many times I've been disappointed by the NHL and this, yeah, was, this not was not one, one of them. I also want to make it clear that I'm not anti eating ass. Um, I just, it's just a, a good thing. Uh, uh, it's a would good, would you rather like, would you feel safer eating ass or getting a vaccine? Honestly, getting the vaccine, but still, yeah. but still, I just want to put it out there. I'm not shaming you. If you do like it, I'm just saying you should like doing it means that you should not be scared of the vaccine. But yes, anyway, we don't have, we don't have plot points this week because so much shit has happened that we're just going to dive into all this stuff, starting with, and predominantly with. 
I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way, from creating product listings, to making discount codes, to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's No wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. The Yesberry Kanyemi Offer Sheet Saga. Now I want to... Caught Kanyemi? Caught Kanyemi. The Casperi yep. Caught Kanyemi <laughs> saga, which I've, I'm not the only person who's made that mistake, by the way. But let me, put, let, me, let me put out there. So you all know the deal. Like, you all know that, it, you know, that he, he signed a one-year, $6.1 million contract uh, or offer sheet um, with, the, with the Hurricanes. You all know about the $20 signing bonus, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Incredible. Now here's the thing. I want this is this is the this is the criticism of Carolina. I'm going to get out of the way before we just absolutely land based uh, uh, Montreal, but also give them some kudos, I guess. Anyway, it's it's a very complicated situation. But here, but one sec, one sec, one sec, one sec. Don Waddell in the press conference saying this wasn't about revenge. This wasn't personal. It's was about the player is the biggest load of horseshit I've ever heard in my entire life, because you don't give him a twenty dollar signing bonus. If this is not about revenge, Don. Can I just say that 100% that was Tom Dundon? Like, 100%. Like, get it, like getting Kotkaniemi? Not just Kotkaniemi, but being petulant oh, about yeah. it was Tom Dundon. Now, I just want to say, too, it would, be, it would be so much more fun to talk about this and to, to, like, to, to revel in the fact that an NHL team just straight up did, like, acted petty and signed a meme contract essentially um mm-hmm. it would be great if that team wasn't the other team that signed a uh, a racist this offseason it really does kind of put a put a fly in the ointment here rains on the parade because you go yeah ha, this is so funny from the hurricanes oh wait they signed a straight up racist now the upside is they don't have to ask kakanyemi if he supported the capital insurrection 
So this is a step in the right. This is a step in the right direction. In terms of you know what, I actually really like Cod Kaniemi as a player. For six one, like I saw this and I was like, that's a lot of money. But one, it fucks the Habs over, which love it. I think we can we can all say, in terms of. Tony D'Angelo is racist, and that is obviously bad. <laughs> okay, we're going to take... We're, that's the sound clip for this episode. Now, Tony D'Angelo is racist, and that's obviously bad. Yeah. But you know what is also bad? What? Potentially covering up sexual assault and then drafting a player that has been convicted of a sex crime in the first round. <sighs> it, when, it, when it wasn't even... When he wasn't even projected to go in the first round. That's the other thing, too, is, like, this fucking... Like, it's not, it's not a Mitchell <laughs> Miller situation where they chose you know oh we're, we're, we're gonna choose this guy because he has second round skill in the fourth round he just happened to drop here because he's a piece of shit no we're gonna like reach for this piece of shit and be un- and unnecessary anyway that's besides the point this is this was hilarious it, it just oh in my a God, vacuum no, i was howling finally when i saw this deal and it's the perfect the thing is is it's it's the perfect type of player to do this with because we, we talk all about the offer sheets that are, that are these exorbitant, like, you know, let's offer sheet Mitch Marner. Let's offer sheet Elias Pedersen, where it's like the, the penalty is going to be the four first round picks or the two first, a second and a third or a fourth or something like that. You gotta like, I'm talking, Which, by the way, for Elias Pedersen, I would be paying two first, a second and a third. And I would not even think twice about it. Yeah. And I also think the Canucks would match that and then just like buy out everybody and fuck themselves down the line, like to keep it. But then again, I'm yeah. thinking like a, a like a, a, a rational person. We know that Jim Benning is not that. But I'm talking like this is a, this is a great example. And I hope this becomes a trend of teams offer sheeting like the middle six guys, like the guys. That's where the inefficiency is. Exactly. And no one talks about it. But like, for example, I was thinking about this, like when when when. Kapanen or Janssen and this is back when Janssen was good so when Kapanen or Janssen were coming up for their for their deals at the end of 2018 no 20 at the end of 2018 19 um mm-hmm. I was wondering why a team well, it, everyone was talking about let's offer sheet Mitch Marner let's like you know screw the Leafs or whatever you're just gonna pay them for first uh, uh to not overpay for a player here why not offer sheet Casper Kapanen for like four mil they obviously they, it's a little bit more than they can afford they can't they can't do that and the price is only a second round pick like you would have paid that for Kapanen anyway that's a steal so like like th- and they did this with with Kakinami. 6.1 is a lot of money but it's only right, for one year but they had to do it so this is okay so this is why it fucks Montreal over which is there's a number explain. of reasons I get sexual pleasure for Montreal getting fucked over so please explain so, my God, there's nothing I want to do than v- verbally allow you to be aroused. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, please strike me down. <laughs> we have lost Mike. He has died. Oh, my God. That's Anyways. the funniest thing that's ever been said on the podcast. Oh, my God. Okay, continue. Continue. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> Montreal lost Philip Deneau, who is their most well-rounded center. Yeah. He gone to L.A. So everyone was kind of like, well, I guess yes, Barry Kotkaniemi better be uh, stepping up big time. Nick Suzuki is obviously the top line center, and he's going to be doing a very large raise next year. But what this did was it left the Habs with Nick Suzuki, who's like 21. Yeah. Kotkaniemi, who's 21. Jake Evans and Matthew Perrault. It's bad. Which is not great. The center depth um, is shit. It's terrible. Right. And so Carolina was like, ha revenge. 
we'll take Kotkaniemi because Montreal, and we will cover this later in the show, mm-hmm. has fucked up his development so bad. so bad that he will never be able to hit his ceiling. And so if Montreal were to match 6.1, Kotkaniemi's qualifying offer next year would have been like 625 Mm-hmm. He would never be worth that under Montreal's development structure because they fucking suck at developing. And I'll get into why in a bit. But like, Yeah, we're going to talk about it. it. It absolutely screws them. So they went from having Suzuki, Deneau, Kotkaniemi, and Evans to Suzuki, Dvorak, Evans, Perot. Yeah. I don't know how to tell you this, but that's a significant downgrade. Yeah, that's bad. I don't care how much Nick Suzuki improves this year. You look at the other centers in the division. Like, okay, uh, the Leafs have Matthews and Tavares, who are both better than Suzuki. That much, like, can't mm-hmm. really even be debated. Then you look at other teams in the division. Like, like Barkov Ottawa and has a bunch of talent. Barkov, um, yeah, Barkov. No, Huberto's a winger. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, so Barkov. Uh, Tampa, we don't even have to get started All of with them. that. All of them. Literally every single <laughs> yeah. one of them. Uh, Boston. Yeah, right? You got like, Bergeron and... A Foligno. Are they putting Foligno at center? I think they're putting Foligno at center. Okay, that's pretty... But even... Okay, but even if they don't, like, even if you're in Boston, Charlie Coyle. Oh, yeah. There so, you go. okay, but still, Patrice Bergeron at 1C. Okay, you know, Buffalo, we don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't really count, though, because if you're Montreal, your standards need to be a lot higher than that, right? So you're looking around the division, and it's like, this is not good, guys. Like, not good. Yeah. So that's a problem. Um, and and so and then, fuck, caught Kanyemi at the press conference. Yeah, he wasn't happy. Like, this is death. This is the... Yeah, this is a player that wasn't happy with where he was. This is a player that wasn't that wasn't happy with how he was used. The fact that he was scratched in the first two games of the first round and then for for game 7 is ridiculous. Like I don't understand. It's ah oh man. They really so So he was asked if he felt the Habs didn't trust him or have confidence in him. And Kind of had like a pause and gave a non-response, which in hockey terms... Which is a response. Is, right. But then he was asked directly about the development. And he flat said... And think about like, Finns are some of... The Finns and the Swedes are like the nicest people. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think it could have been better. Yeah. What? Well, it's true. Well, like, yeah, I know that because I'm studying development inefficiencies and the Habs are legitimately number 31 when it comes to developing forwards. They are number 31. Dead last. We're, you're, about to, you're about to have to bump them down to 32 starting this season. Yeah, I probably will, honestly. They're bad at developing everybody. Yeah, for a player to come out, a top three pick, and, like, keep in mind, I was in New Jersey his <laughs> draft year. I know... Where New Jersey had him ranked. And I know what everybody thought. And I know what the development plan were, was going to be in the event that we traded up to get where him. Where do they have him? Can you say? In the top five. Okay. Well, that's where you went. So. Right. Fine. But they did. In the top five. They also, like, the thing is, too, is, like, they did reach on him. Yes. Brady Kachuk was right there. And they decided not to 
take him and they took Kakenyemi instead. So that woman who is whose reaction is just abject horror uh, in the crowd from that draft. She she she's a, a she's the opposite of old takes exposed like that. That reaction has aged very well because it just has straight up not worked out at all. Now, a team like Carolina, like they can overpay for a player like this. Like they like they are in a win now mode. They now have a like Cockney- not to mention what? <laughs> Quinn Hughes went seventh in that draft. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's bad. Cockney- I'm just going to go ahead and point that one out. But Cockney's um, 21. Like he's still extremely young. And yeah, you know, he's he's making way more money than he is worth this year, but he is now in one of the best developmental organizations. And Correct. he will be playing with vastly superior players around him and under and as well under a vastly superior coach, like a vastly superior oh, yes. coach who probably who when it comes to inspiring young players is very good at that. That's his that's his main squeeze. His players will run through a wall from I don't think the players have the same respect for Dominic Ducharme that they do for Rod, Rod the bot. Rod Brindamore. Well, so it's interesting because you brought up Carolina's development, and let's come do a let's, let's do, do a fun little exercise. I, I love exercises. Let's do it. Let's compare and contrast Carolina's development strategy with Montreal. Okay, so what is it? Let's play a game. Okay, Carolina drafted Martin Nietzsche a year earlier than Kotkaniemi. Yeah, he went number twelve in twenty seventeen. Okay, he was like this kid out of the Czech Republic. I believe he went a little like I believe a, quite a few teams had him in the top ten. So like he is one of those guys who fell. Yeah, right. Okay. So in his draft year in the Czech League, he had 15 points in 41 games, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. 2017, 2018, 17 points in 24 games. Okay. Quite a big uptick. Carolina brings him over at the end of the season. He just plays one game. Mm-hmm. Off we go. Then he gets his seven-game stint in the NHL in the 2018-19, right? And they send him down to the AHL. Mm -hmm. So now we are on year two of you are a high draft pick and you are not playing in the NHL. And Carolina's AHL team, very good. And their developmental staff on that team, also very good. They invest a lot of money into it. So he plays, he (laughs) gets 52 points in 64 games. In, the, in his first AHL year. So then the next year, Carolina's like, you know what? He gonna play in the NHL this year. And he did. He had 36 points in 64 games in 2019-20 before COVID. And then this past season, 41 points in 53 games. Why am I bringing up Martin Nietzsche? Why are you bringing him up, Rachel? Because he is projected to be a center in the NHL. And instead of throwing him at center in his 18-year-old season, the year after he was drafted, they sent him back to the Czech Republic, and Montreal could have sent Kodkaniemi back to Finland. Yep. Then he came over and played in the NHL, in the AHL. He got a taste then, of the NHL to, for him to realize, I'm not ready. Then they sent him down. Then he, then these past two seasons, he has played in the NHL on the wing. Because it is much easier to transition through levels on the wing. Once you are comfortable, you move to center. They did the same thing with Warren Fogel, Sebastian Ajo, Morgan Geeky, Brock McGinn. And then if you want to get real fun, 
They also developed four defensemen by the names of Brett Pesci, Jacob Slavin, Jake Bean, and Hayden Fleury. Like... Seems good. That's hilarious. So I think Kotkaniemi, likely, if if you employ the Carolina model, he's not going to play in the AHL, obviously. No, of course not. <laughs> I think he plays on the wing yeah. next to Jordan Stahl. And those two have very complementary skill sets. Very complimentary. And I think that'll be the best because then you are learning, whether he plays next to Stahl or Trocek, it really doesn't matter. He's going to learn the tricks of the trade. He can take face-offs on his strong side still. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, he's going to be working on a daily basis with guys that are like legitimate NHL-proven producing centers, which is what Carolina needs him to be. So even if he isn't $6.1 million this year, they can re-sign him for less. And if he continues to develop into that center, because Jordan Stahl is not going to play forever, then you've really got something there, right? Plus, you've got, like, Trocek is hurt every, every season. Yeah, he's good, but he's hurt. And as well, like, like yeah, you're right. He could he has a far better opportunity to at least come close to his ceiling than he did in Montreal. Like, he just straight up wasn't going to in Montreal here. But yeah, like I'm all about taking gambles on a 21 year old, like like a very young player like this. He clearly has enough skill that warranted, you know, a, a top at least top 10 selection. He's he's had a 35 point season in the NHL before. He's an intriguing player. He was just getting absolutely no help. He was like like there's in the NFL. It's it's a lot simpler because. You look at these at quarterbacks that get thrown into just absolutely terrible situations and it could it ruins their careers. And there really aren't any second chances in the NFL. This isn't this is essentially Kakiyama getting a second chance here because it was a really disappointing season for him last last year. I mean, anyone, you know, fairness or not, anyone who's watching game seven of the, of the Stanley Cup final from the press box, that's a dis, that's a disappointment. But well, yeah, and it's also like. It's not even just that. It's that they yo-yoed him. So he played in the NHL. Then he, Which is the worst thing you can do. The worst thing you can do to a prospect. Right. And so, okay, here we go. We, we're lacking confidence. Like, my coach doesn't trust me. I'm not playing consistently in the same role. So I don't actually have a chance to develop any of the skills that I need to playing in a role. But, like, this kind of speaks, and Arpon Basu had a good article about it. This kind of speaks to Montreal's really troubling pattern of development. They can't do it. So their first round picks in the last, I believe, 10 years, Jared Tenorti, not playing. <laughs> Nathan Beaulieu, playing but as like a third sixth Third D. pairing? Six, yeah, at least. like Alex Galchenyuk, third overall, not playing right now. Michael McCarron, not playing. He's an AHL. Nikita Sherback. Who? Not playing. Yeah. Noah Juleson, not in the organization anymore. Mikhail Sergachev, traded for Jonathan Drouin. Ryan Paling, AHL, and Kodkaniemi. That is So we have awful. a trend here of the forwards. Kodkaniemi, Paling, Galchenyuk, McCarran, Sherback are the forwards I named in that group. Yeah. Not a single one of them. Not one has hit their potential, and only two of them have played meaningful NHL games in Kotkaniemi and Galchenyuk. It's insane. Like, it is... And, like, these are top 20 picks. Kotkaniemi and Galchenyuk are third overall picks. 
Oh yeah, like these are not just like at the end of at you know at the end of the first round, like a thirtieth or twenty twenty second overall, you know, like some where the the difference is somewhat negligible. Like no, these are these are these are picks that if you fuck them up, it sets you back for a long time, and they did. And what's what's funny is so Alex Galchenyuk played in Sarnia with yes. Neil Yakupov and my good friend Daniel Nikandrov, and Nikandrov and Galchenyuk actually lived together in mm-hmm. Sarnia. Like, they were besties because uh, Danny's from Israel. He speaks Russian. Damn. So, obviously, right, he go. got along with... Obviously, he got along with Yakupov and Galchenyuk. And he was saying that, like, when Montreal kind of, like... He could tell as soon as Galchenyuk was drafted, he was going to be, like, square peg, round hole, kind of, like, forced into being a star center for Montreal. And he knew he wasn't ready. Yeah. So right off the bat, they just destroyed the kid's confidence. And you would think that they would learn from that because they haven't had a center since. Then you trade Sergachev for Drouin, and he's a winger now. And even at that, he doesn't even want to play. There is, I think the most, the most harmful thing you can do to a young player is yo-yo them. Up and down between the AHL and the That's NHL. Correct. And as someone who covered the AHL for three years, you know, on HLB, I can, I see firsthand the the toll that takes on a player, how annoying it is for that player when they go up in the elation and then they come back down and it's like it, it, it makes them feel like they failed. And when when in essence they shouldn't have been put in that position in the first place. And if you look at every single one of those forwards, except for Galch, who was thrust right into the into the NHL, they were all yo-yoed. They were, they were all not given an opportunity to settle in and have some consistency. When you're an athlete, consistency and routine is paramount. It, how are you supposed to how are you supposed to get any routine when you are switching facilities, when you are switching buildings, when you are switching teams, coaching staffs, dra- like locker rooms, systems, you know like like teammates, line mates. Remember remember when the Leafs played Nylander an extra year in the AHL and the uproar when they sent Marner back to London for that year. Yeah, but that was smart. It, yeah, it turned out. It, it turned, turned out, out pretty, pretty well. I mean, as much as turned I rag out. on Mitch Marner, the guy is a ninety-point player every year, regular season. Yeah, That's pretty he's good. He's still extremely yes. good. And here's the thing: like Montreal has the least amount of first-round picks still on their team in the last ten drafts. The teams that surround them are. St. Louis, Chicago, L.A., Tampa, and Pittsburgh. What do those five teams have in common? They've all won cups recently. Right. So it's okay if you don't have first-round picks playing on your team. If you are Pittsburgh and you've won two cups, Chicago, three, L.A., two, Tampa, back-to-back, St. Louis, a cup. When you're Montreal and you haven't even sniffed, like, that's not acceptable. That speaks to... The trash that is your development program or lack thereof. Yeah, you made a cup and final off of like luck, your essentially, goaltender. and your goaltender yeah. being good. Finally, yeah. Like I'm sorry, but I don't buy it. You finished 18th. Like they won't make the playoffs I, next year. No, it exactly. And so, like, but I think it also speaks to the dysfunction that's within the Habs organization. Like you look at their drafting, like Trevor Timmons. Like, I have it on pretty solid authority that Trevor Timmons was not on board with the Logan Mayu pick. He's the AGM. 
Is that why he paused and for 21 seconds before answering that question? Now that I've found that out, that kind of makes a whole lot more sense. It does scream of a Bergevin led pick. Like this screams like his brainchild because he has taken the brunt of it yeah. and he is. But then like. But it doesn't it speak to the dysfunction of the organization? Oh, yeah. You can't. You're not on the same page about who you're drafting. You're clearly. So how can you be on the same page about developing them? You probably don't even have a proper development structure. You don't have a plan. You probably don't have a good development plan for them. Like it's. Or any for that matter. Like I think it's, it's entire, like just dysfunction everywhere, quite frankly. Oh yeah. But then what they did is they, so they get the first and third round picks from Carolina and like literally less than an hour later. You knew it. Christian Dvorak. Oh yeah. I had a bet with friends. I said this, I said Christian Dvorak will be a Montreal Canadian tonight. Oh, yeah. And he was, within the hour, he was a a hab. And here's the thing about Christian Dvorak is he isn't really that good. Like, he's fine. Mm, I don't think that's totally fair. He's not a star. He's a second-line center. You think so? Yeah, I've seen him play quite a bit. I've seen. I think there's a lot of people who obviously don't watch Arizona because why the fuck I mean, would you? Yeah, I don't watch Arizona. I'm going to be honest. Right. Sorry. Yeah, I think he's better than people give him credit for, but they gave up too much for him. Exactly. Like, so, full stop. <laughs> he's a second line center, but this is the type of player Christian Dvorak is. Okay, like he scores. So when he played in London in junior, the line was it was probably it was one of the best junior lines I've ever seen. It yeah, was it's Mitch, Marner. Mitch Marner, Christian Dvorak, and Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, that 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 is. Mitch Marner was obviously the transporter of the puck. Matthew Kachuk was the Zach Hyman retrievers piss everybody off, and Christian Dvorak scored. Right, that's but and since he's gotten to Arizona, he's been that same player. He is not a transporter of the puck. So he needs to play with people that resemble Matthew Kachuk and Mitch Marner to have success. Now, luckily enough, the Habs have a go-getter that sort of resembles Matthew Kachuk in Brendan Gallagher, who will absolutely be the best winger that Dvorak has played with at the NHL level. But they really don't have a transporter of the puck unless Drouin is playing and playing well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you can't play Dvorak and Toffoli together because Toffoli doesn't transport the puck and Dvorak doesn't transport the puck. And it's very hard to have a center that doesn't transport the puck unless they're a sniper like Matthews. You know they're going to play them together. Like, you know that that's going to happen. Like, this is a team that is square peg round hole. And speaking to the di- to the dysfunction in the front office, like, what I find about when, – when I look at a front office that's in disarray, I look for reactionary moves. Like, like, like I look for a lot yeah. of – like, if, if they get slighted, like, immediately they go out and they spend way too much and they th- – or they throw a lot of money at someone to replace. It's And that's essentially what they did here. And – for that, for a team like it goes to their hubris here because the conditions on the picks are essentially like, yeah, the, it's it's Arizona gets the better of the two of of Carolina or Montreal's picks, right? Like, so it's essentially unless it's, they're both in the top ten, in which they get the word, and but Carolina won't be in the top. So 10, they're essentially so. betting. So Montreal a thinks that they're going to be better than Carolina next year, 
on these picks, which is hilarious. And also just to 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 think that and to also like put in put in a stipulation that like to trade for a second line center and put in a stipulation on a first round pick when your team probably won't make the playoffs. Like you 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 could be giving a lottery pick to to another like to a team again that has this shitload of, of draft picks in one of the most low like in, in a ridiculously loaded in draft. L- so you can't, and like I said, I think Christian Dvorak hasn't really had a lot of talent to play with. Will he have like, more in Montreal, though? Yeah, I think he will. Well, Brendan Gallagher is an immediate upgrade over anybody in Arizona. That's true, but like... Right? <sighs> but okay, but you can't be paying a first and second round pick for a guy who has a career high of 38 points. Yeah. He did have 31 in 56, which is like a 50-point pace. And if you get... 50 to 60 points out of your second line center. Like that's pretty good. That's kind of what you want. You kind of want 50 to 60 points out of your second he line. He's also center. shooting 17.9%. Exactly. And that's the worry that I have. I would not be shocked if Dvorak got 50 points this year, but that shooting percentage will not stay at 18. It's going to go back down to his regular. He's a career 13, which I believe is like, tw- yeah, I want to say is like 12 or 13. Right. So I think, I think people are being a little bit too harsh on him, but you can you can say that he hasn't had a ton to work with in Arizona, which he hasn't because it's fucking Arizona, while also saying giving up a first and a second is preposterous. Yeah, it's 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 a reactionary That's move. Stupid. It's oh you're gonna you're gonna slap us in the face. Well, I'm gonna go and slap this random person in the face, and then you know like it's. <laughs> It's it's real small dick energy. I'm not gonna lie. Like that's like does this. The best text I know? got was from a member, uh, like a, an executive from another team, saying, "It's interesting that the winner of the Kotkaniemi offer sheet is the Arizona Coyotes." It's it's <laughs> it's weird that the Arizona Coyotes win anything, and because they are one of the most fascinating. Like this is one of the most like ridiculous tanks and accumulate. They they are. Uh, like aside from organizational dysfunction, they uh, um, because I don't think the team that I'm going to compare them to ha- has organizational dysfunction. But they are the NHL's um, Oklahoma City Thunder, where it's just all draft picks all the time. The Oklahoma City Thunder have 27 yeah. have 27 picks in the next like three drafts, and the NBA draft Which is, is crazy two rounds because there's only two rounds. The, the Arizona Coyotes, like I want to read out what they have. Like, do they have like five? It is an insane. So, Second round picks next year. So here's for next year. They have their own first, the Avalanche's first, and potentially the Canadians first. Well, they have a first. Like they have, so they have three yes. firsts. It's just a matter of whether it's Carolinas or Montreal. Yeah, okay, so they, so they have three. That's why I said potentially the Habs. But they have three firsts. Then they have their own second round pick, the Islanders second round pick, the the Flyers second round pick, the Sharks second round pick, and the Canucks second round pick. I so would say eight picks in the first 62, eight picks in the first 62. And as well, I'm as well, one, two, four of those, four of those teams potentially may not make the playoffs. And three of them are, are almost locks to not make the playoffs. So those are going to be high second round picks too. Then they have, then they have all of their, they have 12 and a half percent of the, of the picks in the first. Two that is fucking picture. ridiculous. That is the opposite <laughs> of what it was like the year Columbus tried to win it all when they didn't have a pick until like the fifth round and then also didn't have a seventh round pick. Like th- th- that's the opposite. They might as well just stay up on the podium. Then they have all of their picks th- for rounds three to eight and they don't have a seventh. Then in the next year in 2023, they have their own first, their own second, their own third New York, like the Islanders third, 
their and then all of their own picks and then Vancouver seventh. And then in 2024, they have their own first, three seconds, two uh, two thirds, and two fourths. It's incredible. Like that is one of the most staggering accumulations of draft capital in the NHL I've ever seen. It's it's crazy and like good for them because they've been dog shit for so long and now they don't even have an arena. So and this all happened this off season. Every single one of yeah. these picks were, was acquired this off season. Right, and so I just think like if you look, like Montreal essentially traded Kotkaniemi and a second mm-hmm. for Dvorak, which is absurd. I would not. That's a have bad trade. That. It's a very bad trade. Like, I just, I wouldn't have. Now, I, I would not have matched that offer sheet. I would have just taken the picks. But, I like, based on what the asking price for Jack Eichel is, I probably would have used that extra first and third as a package for him. Yes. Because like, why not? That's what I was thinking. at least better. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to trade a first, at least, like, to me, the bare minimum, if you're trading for a forward... The bare minimum to warrant a first-round pick is 60 points. You have to already have been a 60-point player. I would say you have to have, like, at least two years of 60 points for a first-round pick if you're a forward. Like, you have to have a track record. You can't have a one-year spike. And this is—or you have to be— in, No, but, like, like, you could be, like, a young player. Like, yeah, if it's, yeah. like, a 20— That's true. You know what I mean? Like, Martin Nietzsche— yeah, yeah. If he 60 points, like, okay, then yes, I am going to trade a first round pick for that. But like, or you have to be an elite two way player, like a Blake Coleman, for example, like he, he didn't have 60 points, but he is a fantastic two way player who gives you something. Anthony Sorelli would be, yes. I would trade a first round pick without even thinking oh, twice yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. Absolutely. But the, again, like you're telling me you couldn't have picked up the phone and called Tampa and asked for Anthony Sorelli just to see. Maybe they did. We don't know. They no, they've been on Dvorak for months. What is it like? I like what is it with Dvorak? I don't know. Like it's just random. I don't know. Like why is that a player that you're just focusing on? It just doesn't seem. There's so like here's the thing. Montreal hasn't had maybe since since PK Subban or Carey since Carey Price's and he's a goalie, so it's different. But since PK Subban um, was winning Norris trophies, like they haven't had a star, and I don't think they've ever. I can't remember the last time they've had a star forward. Jack Eichel is a star forward. He is a pl- Saku Koivu. But was he literally Saku Koivu? And was he even like a star, like a superstar? Yes. No, he was extremely yeah, okay. good. But like they haven't had like Jack Eichel. Like yes, I know this neck surgery is ridiculous. But like so you might have to eat this season for like you know for for recovery and all that. But Jack Eichel at his top gear, he's a franchise player, and you have. A, a, a you know you have a plethora of assets like the like the Habs themselves before this trade had a shit ton of, of assets as well they have like they had they have three thirds they have two fourths but like they had they have their they, they could have packaged two firsts you know like I don't know like Drewen like something like to get Jack Eichel and Saku Koivu in in and they hedged at, basically after the lockout his seasons read. 70 points, 74 points, 93 points. Yeah, that's insane. That's amazing. That's After the, the lockout, last yeah, yeah. star that they Exactly. Had and you had an opportunity to front. go get one of those, and you, they were cowards. They were like, no, we're going to go for a middle six guy. You know, his career high is 38 points. 
he's my he's my age like he's our he's he's our age so he's he his, he's on the decline you know that he's you know that he's not going to be as good because he's our age it's I, I don't get it excuse me we're 25 i know our life is all downhill from here rachel that's what i'm saying i'm in my prime if you know what i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true wow we are really this is weird with the innuendo yeah, yeah i know i love it but it's like yeah at least christian Dvorak doesn't have a biological clock going on that it's yeah well maybe he does because of because of his athlete prime who knows but it's this just stre- like they didn't go all in like like the Habs are just like oh like we're gonna dip our toes into the pool in the contending pool but oh we're gonna pull back like package your two firsts give like another they're player. gonna miss the playoffs of course they're gonna miss the playoffs like the Atlantic is maybe the best division in the league now oh no not maybe like the the Atlantic is the best it is like okay Tampa back to back cup champs yes Florida on the on like categorically ridiculous yes. the Leafs okay good regular Boston, season. Boston, still a force. Okay, but guess what you have to be good in to get to the playoffs. Exactly. Like I'm saying, like good regular okay. season teams. So you're, that, what, what do you need? What, do you, what are the standings based off of? Regular exactly. season. It's so tough, man. What are you, uh, you're ahead of Detroit and Buffalo? Congratulations. <laughs> but here's the thing. Detroit's going to have some really good rookies this year, and I don't think they're going to be as bad as people think. And in a few years, Detroit's going to surpass Montreal, like, quickly. Like, that, that's going to come. Oh, yeah. Like that's they're, they're not coming. even a debate. Yeah, Detroit's coming. Ottawa, if they can keep Brady Kachuk, who is somehow still unsigned, is, is coming. But, like, at least Ottawa has talent. They have Brady Kachuk. They have Tim Stutzler. Like, there's talent there. There is no high-end talent in Montreal that is young except Suzuki and Caulfield. And they they don't hold a candle to what Steve, Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Melander and David Pasternak. Like, none of the... Suzuki and Caulfield are not good as good as any of those players. No, not at all. They're not as good as Jack Eichel. No. They are not. Like, is Cole, might Cole Caulfield score 40 goals? Yes, but... Again, that hasn't happened yet. And so the way Montreal has gone about this is just terrible. And the only positive thing about them is they have goaltending. That's it. But they don't. Like they Well, no, Jake Allen is good. Jake Allen's fine, but like like we talk about if if Montreal's goaltending is their, like, saving grace, they're screwed because they have a $10.5 million goaltender who decides not to show up in the regular season. Yeah, he's a great playoff yeah. goalie, but you got to make the playoffs first, and we just list, we just spent 10 minutes listing reasons why they're not going to. And then you have Jake Allen as, as your 1B, which is great, terrific. Jake, how many other times have teams tried to tried to win a cup with Jake Allen as their one as their starting goaltender? And how has that worked out? Well, for St. Them? Louis tried to do it, and they had to go to Jordan Bennington. Exactly, and like who got engaged in the weirdest the spot? Can we talk about that real quick? Of why Grant and Richmond? That is, I have walked by that countless times in my life. That There's is, a, it's a construction site. It is, it literally where that is. There, it is a construction site on the left. And a movie prop rental shop on the right. And you, do you know that a bunch of like young 
leave prospects live in that building it, yeah i can definitely see why like it look, it's like a gated in yeah. residence but like i don't like why it had to hold some sentimental value to them like it had to be where like they had their first kiss or where they first met or something i don't know but like i know so i know his fiance because she's from Newmarket, and she used to date my good friend mm-hmm. and like she's a nice girl but i'm just like like really like jordan this is, Benning, this is your this man is what we're going with here the, all right the tiktok sound like this is your man this yeah. is your man, really. Anyways, so yeah. that that is it. That's all. That is all. Yeah, Montreal. Like the thesis, I guess, at the end of this, Montreal, dumb. Carolina, fun, but also signed a racist, so we can't really congratulate them because we're not allowed to have any joy in life. And somehow Arizona found a way to win this whole saga without really participating in it. So, <laughs> if, hockey's still weird, even though we're in the middle of summer or not. We're winding down from summer, but hockey's still weird. Uh, life goes on. We'll be back on Friday. Sounds great.